Welcome to the Why on Earth Community Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron William Perry, and today we're in Crestone, Colorado, visiting with Hannah Strong. Hi, Hannah. Hi. It's great to be with you today. Well, thank you, and great to be with you too. We've got a lot to talk about. We do. And uh, we're going to dive into it in just a moment. Let me just tell you a little about Hannah's background. She serves as president of the Manitou Foundation, which she and her late husband, Maurice Strong, founded in 1988. The foundation, based in Crestone, Colorado, has granted land to spiritual, educational, and environmental groups through the Manitou Foundation's land grant program and through the Strong's personal land holdings. The Baca and Crestone community currently house many of the world's wisdom traditions and is referred to as the Refuge for World Truths, and accommodates thousands of visiting retreatants per year who seek to develop inner peace and balance within oneself and with nature. It is the largest intentional, interreligious, and sustainable living community in North America. Ms. Strong has been an advocate for environmental conservation and restoration for many decades. In 1994, she established the Manitou Institute in Conservancy in partnership with Lawrence Rockefeller and placed over 1,900 acres of the foundation's land holdings under conservation easements. The Manitou Habitat Conservation Program protects and preserves the pristine mountain range, wildlife habitats, and fragile ecosystems above the Baca Grande Development Zone, which is where we're currently situated. Is that right, Hannah? Mm-hmm. So that's just a taste of some of her background and expertise, and there's a lot more, and we're going to get into some of this as we have our discussion today. But uh, Hannah, you, you've, you've done so much in not only this region and in Colorado and the North America, but also worldwide in our environmental and, and social movements. And I, I want to ask first to kind of kick things off you know, here we are, 2023, uh, recording on technology that can go worldwide within a matter of minutes. Uh, things were a bit different, right, in the 80s and the 90s when you were getting these organizations underway. What, what were you seeing then that was inspiring you to move in this direction of service? And maybe as a follow-on question, you know, what have you seen that's, that's changed, whether for the better, the worse, or just different in, in those ensuing decades? Well, uh, I think I'll go even a little further back. Great. <laughs> in the 70s, uh, we made uh, very good friends with uh, Jacques Cousteau. Mm. And this is during the first conference on the environment in Stockholm in 72. And of course he was there and we kept up the friendship. And uh, this is the first warning to the world. Uh, you know, over 150 governments came to Stockholm. And uh, it was the first warning about climate change coming to the world. Mm. So Jacques Cousteau was absolutely alarmed you know, when he was sitting listening to all the scientists from the Potsdam Institute in Germany, the most brilliant German scientist. 
And uh, so he decided that he would do a study, a computer study. And talking about equipment, uh, you know, the computers were room size. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the study he wanted to do was uh, what is the carrying capacity of Mother Earth uh, without ecological systems breaking down? Hmm. How much can she take? Mm -hmm. How many humans can she take without breakdowns of ecosystems? So anyway, he fed all the consumption and, you know, he did North America and Europe, but now the rest of the world, China and India and Africa, which is going to be the biggest population uh, point on the planet soon. Uh, now everybody wants the cars, the fridges, the houses, the this, the that. People in China are not vegetarian anymore. Well, some are. Uh, people in India, you know, want meat and fish and whiskey and <laughs> whatever. Everybody wants, wants, wants. So he fit in all the, you know, uh, consumption that humanity is partaking in. And the computer spit out 700 million. This is in 72 mm -hmm. and 3. Mm -hmm. That is what Earth can support. Mm -hmm. He was totally shocked. So anyway, he redid the entire study. And it came out, no, 400 million mm -hmm. if people consume the way we're consuming today. So that means we need 10, 12, 14 Earth to support mm -hmm. what's going on now. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at that one. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know. Shocking. It is it's totally shocking, but that's the truth. Yeah. That's where we're at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are going to have to scale down drastically on consumption. And certain people are going to have to come up. So top are going to have to come down and the bottom I have to come up yeah. a bit. But even with that, you know, it seems to be, including our latest meeting in Egypt, that people are not going to stop consuming. The big uh, yeah. climate summit in yeah. Egypt that happened yeah. late last yeah, year. Yeah, and uh, you look at it before that, Glasgow, it was a joke, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and before that, Paris yeah. and Copenhagen. I mean, I mean, in Copenhagen, I mean, this is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. During the climate summit, midwinter, people came from the poorest countries with, you know, no winter coats. Mm. And they had them stand in line for eight to 10 hours mm. to get in. And uh, also, you know, they, you know, people were demonstrating and, you know, people dressed up as polar bears and this and that. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, cute. Mm -hmm. They brought out the tanks and hosed them down. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Come on. What's driving that, that sense of wanting to have 
the military and the barriers between the well, officials people, and the rest of no, humanity? No, no, the people are afraid. I mean, governments are afraid mm -hmm. of people. Yeah. Bottom line. Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in uh, Rio, you know, my husband raised about $15 million to bring in the people, the indigenous peoples, you know, the NGOs, the environmentalists, I mean, came from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Because he raised the money separately. Governments didn't want those people there. They mm. don't want them. Because they're trouble, mm. you know? So governments are not really working for the people. Mm -hmm. And they don't want them involved. So, Anyway, we're in a dire strait. So we're, we're in a very challenging situation. And, and there was a wonderful piece recently done on you and your work in Cosmos, the Journal for Global Transformation by uh, Raven Burrell. And fabulous piece. We'll probably include a link in the show notes so that you guys can check that out if you're interested. Uh, you, you've done so much work over the years. And I'm, I'm curious now, right now, Given the ongoing challenges, what has been referred to as a permacrisis or a polycrisis, uh, what, are, what are you recommending to people? What do, you, what do you think we should be doing? Well, you look at it. I've been in this game, and it's a game, okay. for 50 years. Okay. And uh, the conclusion that I have come up with, there's only one thing we can do. Okay. I mean, you know, one thing that'll make a huge difference. And we have a proposal out for the Bezo Earth Fund for $49 million mm -hmm. to train 500 master trainers that will go around the world and train young people in how to restore the earth. But first, how do you restore your own consciousness? Yeah. And then how do you become one with the element of earth, the element of fire, the element of water, and the element of air? Mm -hmm. Because you have to be an integral part of the elements. So uh, it's the only answer that I have come up with, you know, raise the consciousness of humanity teach the next generation how to restore ecological systems that have been so damaged. And then the third part of the Earth Restoration Corps is how do you make a living that does not destroy Earth? Mm -hmm. Green livelihoods. I mean, whether you make mud bricks or collect seeds, organic farming, um, you know, whatever it is you do, solar, wind, you will have the tools and, you know, we have the tools to teach uh, how to make a living that is, you know, doesn't destroy your spirit and doesn't destroy the earth. Green livelihoods. Mm -hmm. So it's restore yourself, restore Mother Earth, and then green livelihoods. That was great, yeah. I'm I'm curious on the raising of consciousness. I recently had the opportunity to interview Bernard Amade, the founder of 
Engineers Without Borders, and uh, he actually recently joined the Why on Earth Community's Global Advisory Board, and we're really excited to be collaborating with him. Mm -hmm. And he talks a lot about the iceberg model, where so much of what we see, the the tip that's quote-unquote above the surface, actions, behaviors, impacts, is actually stemming from the deepest uh, psychological and spiritual depths, our constructed worldviews, and that we need to do a lot in that arena. And I think that notion resonates with what you're talking about when you say raise consciousness. And I want to ask you, how do we do that? What What are the keys, the tools? Yeah, well, let, we me first, uh, let me first give you uh, something to support uh, your thesis. Yeah. Uh, in 83, there was a huge famine in East Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, Ethiopia, Somalia, Chad, Sudan. Mm-hmm. And uh, my husband took on the job of, um, you know, bottom line, the emergency office for Africa uh, as an undersecretary general. So his first uh, action was to bring all the governments together in Geneva Mm -hmm. and then commit to funding this. In one week, he raised $5 billion. Mm. So he had enough money to, you know, two million people had vanished already from the famine, but there was another 200 million that needed to be fed because there was no food at all. So uh, he started buying food from all over the world to be shipped in. And uh, so we were in Ethiopia and I figured, well, I should see the spiritual leader, you know, the uh, of the Orthodox Church and ask him, you know, what did he think was the cause of this terrible famine? So I, you know, set up a meeting with him and I said, what do you think caused this terrible famine? Mm. And he said, well, it's, uh, you know, it's in our text. Uh, and our text goes way earlier than your text. <laughs> so anyway, um, he um, said, in our text it says, when brother fights brother, the land dries up. The hatred the energy of this hatred killing, the land dries up. And I feel, wow. So that supports what, uh, you know, he was saying. That it's, 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 a, it's a psychological disturbance. Yeah. And most people are traumatized. Yeah. You know, something happened in their lives. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that... So how do you get rid of trauma? Actually, there's uh, some very absolutely amazing techniques, like the body code. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even things like EMDR have, for me personally, been super helpful. And what is that? The eye movement desensitization re-something or other, I forget the full acronym, Yeah. but uh, it's a very simple technique that rewires neuronal connections in the memory centers of the brain. So you go in with a therapist right. to remember certain traumatic experiences, 
while you're working with this very simple technology, it's usually lights flashing back and forth in little pulses on either fingers back and forth and sometimes uh, earphones with a tick-tock sound going back and forth and it's working across the hemispheres of the brain. I see. And uh, one day I was in very intense rush hour traffic running my business with lots of stress and responsibility and so on. And all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, I'm not nearly as stressed or reactive as I used to be. What's going on? And I thought, ah, maybe this EMDR stuff, this work I've been doing with my therapist is helping now. Right. And it, and it has tremendously But you look helped. at it. Yeah. Most people on this planet cannot afford a therapist. This is a good point. Yeah. yeah. And there's work being done for that. But yeah, there's other yeah. things we need to do. No, no, I mean, it's got to be self-help. Yeah. And uh, it's got to be easily accessible. And uh, some of the techniques that, you know, like I mentioned this uh, body code. Yeah. Uh, it zeroes in on what traumatic experience is causing this for you today. Yeah. And then you move like a credit card through the credit card machine and mm. it takes... <laughs> How's that work? <laughs> well, it seems to work. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. Anyways. And how do people find out about that, or how do people access that? Well, if, you know, uh, you know my daughter uh, got access to it years mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. And if we hadn't had that, I mean, every time there's a meltdown, you know, with the kids and mm. so on, uh, you know, she uses it and it works every single time. Goodness gracious. All right. We'll have to look into this and we'll see if we can provide a a link or some sort of resource for folks to learn more about right. body code. Cool. And then, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, the Gayatri Mantra. Yes. Tell which is that. supposed to be the first prayer mantra ever given to humanity by the divine. It was written in the sky. And the rishis brought it in, brought it down. And what it does, you go out in the morning as the sun comes up. You have your palms like this. So the sun hits your palms. You have slanted eyes. You can't, you know, uh, you know, like you can't look directly at the sun. But there's a little pick, you know, mm. little window. Mm -hmm. So you do the mantra, and what you do is you align yourself with the highest energy in the universe. Mm -hmm. And you work within that energy mm. all day long. Mm. Mm. Because at noon and at night, when you say goodbye to the sun, uh, and I can uh, actually give you Om Bhuvaswaha Tat Savidu Varenyam Bhagavadivasya Dimahi Diyoyonam Prakchodayat Om So you align yourself with the energy of the sun. That mm. cost anything. Easy. Yep. But can you translate that for us, or tell us what it means in essence? Yeah. Well, basically, you're asking for illumination. 
-hmm. just not for your not just for yourself mm -hmm. but for all beings mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i'm struck that uh in our society right. that we we see so much hyper focus on the individual on what what's in it for me what what can i do for my you know, betterment, gain, ego, 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 we, ego, ego, we, ego, 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 ego. How do we work through that well, in, in a way that is inviting many, many others into the tent with us for folks who are already yeah. No, in, I mean, it's this is one of the biggest problems because uh, everybody's out to save themselves. Mm. And, uh, but the suffering, you know, mm. you cannot escape the suffering that's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel it. Yeah. I feel the suffering of the earth. Yeah. I feel the suffering of the people in Ukraine. In, I mean, East Africa, it's hell right now. Uh, Yemen, mm -hmm. Syria. I mean, you can go and from country to country to country and look at the level of suffering. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And of course, we are not, you know, we can't escape the, that energy. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere, mm -hmm. the energy of suffering. Mm -hmm. So it pays to help alleviate the suffering. Yeah, relieve suffering. Huh? Yes, right. <laughs> You'll feel better yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, most of these people haven't got a clue. Mm. I mean, you look at the Davos crowd. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. My husband actually helped set up Davos. Oh, really? He gave him yeah. his first money, huh. first avenues, and so on, and he created a monster. <laughs> wow. Well, okay, so you and your husband have have done so much to contribute to and develop institutions in our world, right? So like when you were in Kenya, wasn't that uh, instrumental in starting the United Nations Environment Program? Well, he, uh, you know, he started, yeah. you know, the first UN headquarters uh, in a third world country. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, I mean, I was shocked. And even in those days, there were huge squatter areas. And uh, that's when I first started Earth Restoration mm -hmm. with this foundation uh, where we took the street children, taught them how to plant trees and food. Mm -hmm. That was in 73. So, uh, you know, this was to alleviate the suffering. Yeah. I mean, you look at these squatter areas and these kids, I mean, barely eating. Mm. Horrific. So. And were those, were those uh, tree planting and, and food sovereignty projects successful? Did they endure? How Totally. Yeah. Tell no, us no, we had, uh, you know, Richard Leakey on board. Mm -hmm. And Wangara Mathai, who later started the tree project and later got the, uh, you know, big awards and this and that mm. for her work. Mm. Richard Leakey, 
Mangar Matai. And then we had Moy, one of the most corrupt presidents ever. He was on the board for 20 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. That must have been interesting. Very. Very interesting. What do you think, just back to the Davos crowd, I, I often wonder about that milieu and what do you think is motivating? And, and it, it's great to hear that you've, ego, ego, you've, you've ego, applied ego, for this ego. big grant, you know, from the Bezos. Yeah, and they don't think we can spend it right. Okay, okay. So yeah, like how do we how do we reconcile that situation? We've got this hyper concentration of capital right. in the hands of a very few on the entire planet. How do we how do we navigate that? Do you think? Well, um, my next victim. Okay. Is Larry Fink. Okay. He's the one that has amassed thirty-four trillion, trillion. dollars yeah. worth of investments. This is uh, And he rock. doesn't trust people. Yeah. In fact, that shaman I was telling you about earlier, his father was BlackRock. So I'm gonna curious. Okay. Right, Larry Fink. Yeah. You took the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I got his email. You know, uh, when I was doing the research for my novel Veriditas, I did a little piece on BlackRock in the story because they developed a super advanced computer. I think they call it Aladdin that is right. connected to right. exchanges and uh, no, no, stocks he uses, and capital. Of, yeah, no, no, he uses artificial intelligence. Yeah. He does not trust yeah. the judgment yeah. of yeah. people. It's like connected to like some huge percentage of the entire global economy. Right. Yeah. That's right. And some yeah. of them, you know, oil companies, weapons, mm -hmm. and you name it, uh, not good things. So Larry Fink also, though, just in the last couple of years, made a very public stance saying that they'd only be investing in companies moving in the direction of sustainable development goals. Do you think that was nonsense, PR? Do you think it was genuine? What, like, how do you Greenwash. interpret that? Okay. Greenwash. No, no, you look at it. They all come to Geneva, mm -hmm. go to Davos, and talk about what good guys they are. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for them, there would be no jobs, there would be no economy, there would be nothing. Mm. Ego. Mm -hmm. So what Earth Restoration Corps, and this is why they don't want to fund it, would change that. The next generation would not be consumers and you can't manipulate them because they would have lost their fear. Mm. You cannot have fear. You cannot be afraid of these people. So and that's part of the vision quest. From consumers to stewards, huh? Yeah. Is that okay. No, no, and you look at it, that's the last thing in the world these people want. Okay. So it's like uh, to give us money is like uh, doing themselves out of a future. Hmm. That's how they look at it. Well, that's unfortunate, isn't it? It's very unfortunate. So we have to outsmart them. Okay. And that's what I'm pondering right now. Okay. How do you get the money from? egomaniacs. Hmm.
that think they're right. Mm -hmm. See, that's the worst part. Mm. They think they're right. Mm. And we're useless eaters. Mm. No, no, I mean, that's how the Republicans look at people. Mm. Useless eaters. Interesting. Well, that's not very kind. No. They don't deserve to eat. If you're poor, you don't There's a certain deserve. meanness that has emerged in the recent decades. Oh, wow. That, uh, well, I, you uh, look at this guru here. Yeah, yeah. He laid it out. Yeah. And, you know, that I am convinced is the truth. 1,200 years ago, that's when he lived... Who is he? Guru Rinpoche. Um, one of the greatest uh, mystic saints of all human history. He predicted everything that's happening now in his prophecies. Climate change. Murderers of men will become the leaders. Psychophants will be listened to as, you know, wise people. Uh, I mean, he goes on and on and describes exactly what's going on. And then he said, the golden threads that keeps the demonic forces in bondage will be severed. And you look at the Catholic Church, good mm -hmm. Catholic boy, mm -hmm. are advertising for exorcists. People are coming into the Vatican. Mm -hmm to get exercised because they get possessed. And I'm sure half of Washington is possessed. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's the only explanation. How can you be so mean, so cruel, mm. Mm. and so mm. unaware mm. of the reality of the situation? Mm. How? Yeah, it's I don't, not, I don't I mean, have it's a great not, explanation It's not human. That. It's not yeah, human. It's, it's so sad. It's not human. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, there was a time where people were luminous, you know, and uh, a period of about 2,000 years mm. when everybody was enlightened and luminous. And then the new migrations came in, killed all the good guys, and mm. uh, started wreaking havoc. Mm. 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 No, and you look at it, the Hobbies, you know, what they're talking about is we're in the fourth world now. Yeah. And every world behind, you know, before us was either, you know, people started out good, humble, and then the ego set in and technology and, you know, people, you know, became out of control with negativity. Mm. So, one world had to be cleaned up by fire, one world by water, the last one, the flood. Yep, that's a common story all around the world. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, uh, so, we're in the fourth world, going into the fifth world, and what they're calling this time in history is the purification. Mm -hmm. Earth has to be purified. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're in the purification 
and that's the droughts, the fires, the floods. I mean, you, everything he laid out, droughts, fires, flood, everything. Mm -hmm. And then he said the sign of the times where this is going to happen is when fashions change rapidly. Mm. And they look crazier and crazier. I mean, you look at it. I mean, mm. if you look, ever look at a fashion magazine... It's been a year, long time since I've looked at one of those. Yeah, well, one year they look like birds, and then mm. the aliens, and then... The, wow. uh, you know, and no traditional clothes is worn anymore. That is the sign when this is happening. So anyway, he uh, saw it. And what did he share with us to prepare or to consider if we happen to be alive in these times? Well, it's very interesting. He said there are two remedies. Yeah. Uh, one, reforest the planet. Hmm. Second remedy is called the treasure vase. You fill either a golden vase or a clay vase with precious objects, you know, precious stones, uh, seeds, uh, and, uh, you know, crystals, and you bury it in certain parts of the earth that is like an acupuncture point mm -hmm. that spiritual beings can feel and see, you know? Mm. And that regenerates Mother Earth. And the same thing with the Kogis, you know, the Kogis mm. came up here a few times mm -hmm. and uh, they called it Pacamento, mm -hmm. payback to Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. See, you know, we take and take and take and take and all we give back is garbage and poison. So what these ancient people, it's like the treasure vase, mm. beautiful gold and rubies mm -hmm. and uh, crystals and you know mm -hmm. precious precious things and they bury it in the same acupuncture point mm -hmm. and it regenerates earth interesting yeah this reminds me a little bit of some of the biodynamic practices that a lot of our friends right. and colleagues work with. right 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 yeah. right yeah mm -hmm. interesting but, I mean, they use mm. a cow horn with the yeah. dirt in it. <laughs> so, this some of is it's crystals. precious yeah. objects. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some of it's crushed crystals and I see. amethyst and peridot and other good things right. like that. Okay, well, yeah. 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 Obviously, he knew what he was doing. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that was the remedies. And then, of course, we need to restore the soils. I mean, it's yep. completely chemicalized and, you yep. know, these... Uh, oh, my God, when you see these planes spewing out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we are waging I mean, a chemical war on the planet, and we have been for quite a long time. Yeah, but, I mean, not just... I mean, this valley is bombarded mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. Chemtrails, chemtrails, mm -hmm. chemtrails. 
And it has nanoparticles in it that causes Alzheimer's. Mm. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, they're everywhere. And who the hell is paying for it? <laughs> who is paying for these guys to do these chemtrails? Do you know? I don't know. Wow. We had one guy that started investigating living here in town. Yeah. And uh, he was told, uh, better not. Mm-hmm. Threatened. Mm-hmm. Better not. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. Wow, Hannah. It's a lot, it's a lot to consider. Now, I, I, I want to shift gears just a little and ask you about one of your uh, friends, mentors, teachers, uh, Leon Shenandoah, who was chief of the Iroquois. Right. And... Um, you know, I shared with you before we started recording that I have in my own personal heritage some connection with the, the Iroquois League and the Haudenosaunee. And yeah, it's, it, it's to me, there's so much wisdom to learn from these traditions that know of the original instructions. And it seems when we see people, men often, sometimes women, who are so egoic and and so out of service to humanity that things run amok but in in many of these uh, indigenous and traditional cultures and life ways we understand our roles as men and as women to be working in stewardship and service for the greater good the greater whole and this has been well if there's anybody out there that's not doing well yeah you know that's how they look at it yeah 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 Tell us a bit about your your years uh, of time with him, and what was that like for you? Well, every day was like uh, being in a PhD class Uh (laughs) of spiritual knowledge. Mm. And uh, he came here on Harmonic Convergence, I think it was 87, Mm. and he said... Hannah, now we have crossed the line. There is no return. Doesn't matter what we do, it's over. Hmm. But, you know, I mean, of course we have to try. But I I can give you uh, one of his speeches uh, that he gave at the UN, which is absolutely the most brilliant, brilliant speech, mm, I mm, think, has mm. ever been given at the UN. Mm, mm. Uh, It'd be wonderful to share that. Maybe if we can find a link or some way to share that with our audience, that'd be great. That would be great. Cool. No, no, this is so bright, so brilliant. Mm. And, uh, you know, pertinent. Yeah. Did you spend time with him traveling was he here in Colorado or were you back in the uh, on the east coast like where, where were um, you guys hanging he out? would come out two three times a year mm-hmm. and then uh, we invited him to uh, Rio de Janeiro for the earth summit and both him and uh, Oren Oren Lyons yeah right mm-hmm. were brought in as part of the 124 heads of state. Mm, 
And of course, the press was filming all these heads of state coming in and blah, blah, blah. But the minute they saw Lord and Leon, everybody went for them. Wow. What a moment. What a moment. I mean, the only one that really went back and did anything about implementing what, you know, Agenda 21, which is what was, you know, the main purpose of the meeting is to come up with an agenda for humanity. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, black helicopters, people are freaked out about it and this and that. Right, so on. right. Yeah. But the only one of 124 heads of state that went back and did anything to implement it was Castro. Hmm. Ironica. And Amazing. when he went up on the stage, uh, you know, everybody was worried about him talking for hours. And, you know, he would talk for four or five hours. <laughs> so <laughs> as he walked up on the stage, he goes like this to Maurice. <laughs> and in five minutes, he gave the most brilliant speech you have ever heard. Wow. No oh, kidding. it was so incredible. Huh. Right. Amazing. Right. I'm going to check that out. Good. Did you see the picture of Maurice and uh, the 124 hits of state? Was that in the article you shared with me? No. Okay. No, I don't think I did. Anyway, that would be a good one for you to use. Yeah, we might be able to include that in the show notes as well. We can include some images. I got one over there with all the first ladies. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so, Hannah, given that it's probably not an exaggeration to say the cards seem stacked against us or our ability to work through these times and have a soft landing. How do we, in your opinion, how do we move forward with a sense of purpose and hopefulness without getting totally discouraged, despondent, or even resigned? You know, how do we, how do you continue doing the work that you're doing, knowing what you know and having heard the things you've heard? Right. It ain't easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you. Um, see, it has to happen on a scale. Mm. You know, I mean, there's beautiful people all over the world, you know, echo villages, you know, people that removed themselves already because they don't agree with the way things are going. Mm. So you got all these echo villages, you know, which is fantastic. But it's a drop in the bucket. Mm -hmm. We need huge shifts. Mm. And the thing is, I think that things are going to have to get much worse mm. before people start shifting. Speaking of the future, it sounds like your, is it your grandchildren who are? Well, one of them. Okay, and some friends. Yeah. Sounds like they're moving through the the uh, scene here. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, Be so, quiet in there, okay? Yeah, if, 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 if that's true, and I hope it's not as a father what? and as a community member, I hope it's not true that things have to get a lot worse. Uh, is, is that the only way? Is that the only possible 
pathway to for a people soft, to soft wake landing? up. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, people are not waking up. Mm. Some seem to be. It seems like there's no, no, no. There it is, but it's still a drop in the bucket. Mm -hmm. We got mm -hmm. eight billion consumers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not even calling them people. Okay, consumers. Consuming, yeah. consuming, consuming, consuming. Yeah. Taking, taking, taking. Not giving back. Mm -hmm. So to wake up that number of people, and see also with the uh, Earth Restoration Corps, our plan is to use the military around the world. Yeah. They are the only ones yeah. that have, you know, the facilities, uh, they have the money. Yeah, logistics, lo all they have, the yeah, capabilities. That's yeah. the only way it can happen. But this is for restoration of ecosystems. Right. Using the military infrastructure for those direct yeah, purposes. But yeah, but we have to use it too for the consciousness. How does one do that? Well, uh, let's uh, take... Uh, one of uh, the people I met in my life, mm. Grandmaster Lee, Ilchi Lee. He uh, re-awoken an ancient techniques, ancient technique of Qigong. Mm -hmm. He got it into the Korean army. He's Korean. Mm. But this is a 10,000-year-old technique. And that was brought down by a divine king. Mm. And for 2,000 years, there was enlightenment. Mm. Everybody was in balance, luminous, happy, till the new migrations came and got rid of the good guys, like I said earlier. But he got it into the, you know, the Army of Korea. Mm. We got Earth Restoration Corps into the Army of uh, the Philippines because we had a top-notch contact who was Secretary of the Interior mm. in charge of the Army and the police and then, then, then. So we got it into the Army. Mm. But the minute you do this Qigong, you clear your channels every day. Mm -hmm. Get rid of every negative emotion in mm -hmm. your body, tapping in a very particular way. And again, it's free, it's easy, anybody can do it. And, uh, you know, they have videos and stuff we can put out online. Yeah, is there one you'd recommend yeah, that we yeah, could show? Yeah, no, it's called Don Hark. Okay, how do you say that? Don Hark. D H A N, yeah. Dan, H A K. Great. Energy, study of energy. Okay. So, what you do is you start the morning getting rid of all negative emotions. Mm. And uh, it's true tapping, and then you do a meditation, and then you start moving with the universe. Okay. You dance with the universe. Mm, beautiful. And I mean, it is so powerful and anybody can do it. Love this. And what it's free of charge. What a wonderful resource. Thank you so much for 
sharing that. That's beautiful. And also they have another technique, which is very interesting. You know, like you think, how is Israel, Palestine ever yeah. going to get it together? Mm -hmm. Because the hatred has been passed down for thousands of years. Mm. It's like in everybody's DNA. Mm. It's in your memory. Mm. So they have a technique, uh, you know, where you have the hippocampus. Okay. In a glass of pure water. And then you have that water move through the hippocampus, removing all the negative memories. Mm. Wait, you're taking out a hippocampus out of the. Uh, well, the you skull? visualize it. So, okay. No, no, you visualize the hippocampus in a glass of water and okay. the water moving through it. Beautiful. Beautiful. And what is the significance of the hippocampus? Well, that's where all these negative memories are yeah. stuck. Yeah. From, you know. I mean, a lot of people, you know, their trauma that they bring into this yeah. world doesn't happen, you know, it doesn't have to be from this life. Yeah, it's intergenerational. It can be yeah. previous lives. Absolutely. You know, I got burned on the stake. <laughs> 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 Eight million. You, you too, huh? <laughs> well, no, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> well, let me let me uh, let me just remind our audience: this is the Why on Earth Community Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron William Perry. Today, we are in Crestone, Colorado, visiting with Hannah Strong, one of the visionaries and leaders in decades of environmental and social work around this region and all around the world. And I'd, I'd like to take a quick moment to mention, if you'd like to learn more, uh, you can go to spiritatmanitou.org. And uh, we will also provide some of these other links and resources in the show notes that we've discussed here already today. I uh, would also like to thank our many supporters and sponsors who make our podcast series possible along with our other educational and action-oriented work that we share through the Why on Earth community. And this includes notably our growing network of ambassadors, many of whom give to the Why on Earth community on a monthly basis. And if you'd like to give, if you'd like to join the ambassador network, you can go to whyonearth.org uh, to learn more. If you'd like to give, go right to the donate button uh, and set it up for any amount you'd like to do on a monthly basis. If you choose to do $33 or more, we're happy to send you as a thank you gift a jar of the biodynamically and regeneratively grown hemp-infused aromatherapy soaking salts made by Waylay Waters. Um, that's available in the United States uh, at this point in time. So if you're outside the U.S., we will figure out some other ways to thank you. Um, Want to, of course, mention too the new novel, Vridi Toss, if you're interested in that story, much of which takes place in Colorado, some of which here in the San Luis Valley and the Crestone area. You can go to viriditasbook.com. That's V-I-R-I-D-I-T-A-S book.com. And uh, we have many other uh, partners and sponsors who make discounts available to our Why on Earth community 
you can go to the partner and sponsor page on the Why on Earth website to access those special discounts from companies like Purium and Earth Hero and Four Sigmatic and many others. Uh, and a, a, a huge thanks. You get a discount. Why on Earth gets a little bit of uh, donated money from the sale. It's a real win-win in a regenerative uh, economic ecosystem model. And uh, Hana, it is you know such a a joy and a privilege and an honor to have this opportunity to visit with you today. And, uh, you know, we met years back. I've been coming down to this area since I was in high school, actually, um, and uh, ran into each other at the big uh, seed exchange event over at Joyful Journey. And, of course, our dear mutual friend Elaine Blumenheim has been on the podcast talking about that beautiful healing sanctuary. And it's, it's such a, a joy to be able to connect with you and hear more about the work you've been doing and what you're up to currently. And I'd like to ask, you know, what can other people do to get involved with what you're doing, support what you're doing, learn more about what you're doing? What's the best way for them to engage? Well, uh, let's talk about first what we have planned. Great. All right. We have planned a, uh, we have the most beautiful piece of land left to give away. Uh, we're giving it to the native people of this land. Beautiful. I was in a Sufi retreat and uh, I hear this voice. Now you have all the traditions of the world here. Now it's time to honor the native people mm. of this land. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have tried before, but anyway. Mm. <laughs> uh, so uh, this would be the Thunderbird Lodge, mm. or as the Kogis call it, House of Original Thought, the original instructions the Creator gave to humanity. Mm -hmm. He called together all the colors of man and gave the instructions how to live on this earth. Mm. Simple, humble, enlightened, yep. you know, and uh, the uh, what he said was it's really funny. The Kogis, you know, explained that the reason the white race didn't get the message hmm. how to live on this earth was because when he was telling the original instructions, the white race went to sleep hmm. and they didn't hear it. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. So anyway, so this would be like a United Nations of indigenous elders, hmm. uh, spiritual elders, and uh, it's right next to the ziggurat. It's beautiful land, looking straight at the sacred mountain, Sisnajin, or Hopaku Tukawi, according to the Hobbies. Eastern mountain, mm -hmm. where the light comes into the world, mm -hmm. right down here. I look at it every morning. Mm -hmm. They say it's the emergence point from the last world Sipapu. transition. Yeah, is here too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, some of our audience may not be familiar with the 
many uh, different organizations who are located right in this area with this incredible interfaith community. Well, me, yeah, let me just mention mm -hmm. one more thing. Yeah, please. please. Leon Shenandoah mm -hmm. is the one that told me that this valley is the sacred center of all of Turtle Island, which mm -hmm. means from the Arctic down to Colombia. This is the sacred center. And then, you know, the old prophet that uh, came and asked me to do this, he uh, said that the purpose of this place is to bring forth a new civilization of people mm -hmm. that are evolved, good-hearted, you know, illuminated. Mm -hmm. And the Kamapa said, endless illuminated people will come out of this place ah, through beautiful. the practice. Beautiful. And that this place is where the Tibetan culture will survive. Amazing. Because, you know, like the Dalai Lama a couple of years ago said, the death blow has been dealt to mm -hmm. Tibet. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. Okay. Okay. Well, I hope for folks in our audience who have not come to the San Luis Valley yet and experienced some of the amazing stupas and other spiritual and meditation centers right here in the Crestone area. And these mountains, by the way, the Sangre de Cristos are absolutely magical and powerful. Uh, a special invitation to come for an event. There's all kinds of beautiful events that are hosted here. And uh, Hannah, you've been obviously central in making all of this happen here in the communities. Uh, the community of this region and uh, of course you know on behalf of so many thank you on behalf of the audience i know many have been here and have uh, been able to experience some of the fruit of those labors and so a, a humble thank you for that work thank you yeah that's rare yeah that's rare huh well let's do it again thank you thank you <laughs> yeah and, and before we sign off our podcast episode and we're going to do a little behind the scenes, five, 10 minute segment for our ambassador network. Again, if you'd like to become an ambassador, get access to some of these additional resources, uh, go to the whyonearth.org website to do so. We'd love to connect with you and uh, collaborate. We've got a lot cooking uh, for collaboration. Um, but uh, before we sign off for the main podcast episode, I just want to invite you, Hannah, if there's anything else you'd like to share with our audience and uh, tell us. Now. Wake up. <laughs> Wake up. You heard it right right from her. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's a wonderful well, Thanks for coming all this you. way. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And, and I'm on a strategy and uh, uh, ski trip with one of our dear friends and board members, Artem Nikolkov, who's behind the scenes here. And give him a quick shout out, who uh, runs Earth Coast Productions, which is so instrumental in our podcast series and many of our other online offerings and, and in-person offerings. And so since we're giving thanks out, another thanks to Hannah and uh, thanks to you too, Arden, behind the cameras. And uh, All right, one more thing. Yeah, we got it. There we go. Okay. <laughs> it's everybody's responsibility 
every human on this planet has to work at reaching the highest level of consciousness possible. Mm -hmm. And it is your responsibility. And the tools are there, and we will make a list of tools. Beautiful. Yeah. So another one we're working on yeah. uh, is the food security. Uh, greenhouses, farms that will grow enough food to feed this community in case everything gets shut off. Okay. Very including important. the medicines, the herbs, you know, Very the medicinal important. herbs, yeah. yeah. And then we're planning on a farm school for young people so they can learn how to farm the proper way. Wonderful. And if you want to help, drown us in money. Yeah. <laughs> Support the work that's being done. It is so important right now in these times. Absolutely. May the vast sums of needed resources flow into the right. hands of those doing the work. I know. No, I mean, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the money we get will go all around the world mm -hmm. to help train young people mm -hmm. and, you know, set up these uh, camps of restoration. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And, you know, these people are struggling. I mean, you know, nobody wants to fund this mm. because it's going to change the paradigm. Mm. The reason that Lawrence Rockefeller spent $6 million here is because he was convinced that this would help change the paradigm of this country. Mm. The seeds have been planted. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. The Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series is hosted by Aaron William Perry, author, thought leader, and executive consultant. The podcast and video recordings are made possible by the generous support of people like you. To sign up as a daily, weekly, or monthly supporter, please visit whyonearth.org backslash support. Support packages start at just $1 per month. The podcast series is also sponsored by several corporate and organization sponsors. You can get discounts on their products and services using the code WHYONEARTH, all one word with a Y. These sponsors are listed on the whyonearth.org backslash support page. If you found this particular podcast episode especially insightful, informative, or inspiring, please pass it on and share it with a friend whom you think will also enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. And thank you for being a part of the Why on Earth community.